Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on your time zone. My name is Susanne van der A, and together with Miranda Nijenhuis, we are hosting this customer experience podcast for you. I combine a PhD in customer experience with 20 plus years of experience in CX transformation internationally, and my goal is to share my knowledge so we can enhance the quality of CX programs in as many organizations as possible across the globe. Yes, I know, it's a tiny dream, but come on, let's at least try to change the world together. Miranda has been my partner in crime for the last eight years, working together on many CX programs. In this series, she will be interviewing me on CX topics that are top of mind in most organizations we work with. Boost Energy, the podcast, we're going to talk about how to find the drivers, right? Uh, but what the bleep, drivers, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about this. Yes, I think that's the perfect point to start because everybody is talking about drivers, right? So uh, I think there's not a CX program that will not say, but we already have drivers. For example, also the MPS approach uh, with the root causes, so to yeah. discover what um, what's the explanation for having promoters or detractors. They're all also called drivers. So um, for me, a driver means that you are really in the driving seat of improving satisfaction or MPS. That you use smart statistics that really tells you, okay, if I enhance this, my satisfaction or MPS will increase by X. Yeah. So super concrete, steerable information. That to me is a driver. All right. And uh, what's wrong with all these other drivers that uh, people are talking about? Well, a few things. So uh, when we look at, for example, the, the NPS approach, uh, but there's a trend towards asking more one question and then an open text. And the, the risk of anal- analyzing open text is that you get so-called rational answers. So for example, uh, if I ask you, would you recommend uh, company X? And we ask you the question, why? You start thinking about your answer. Yeah. You start thinking, well, because I don't know, Zana was super friendly or because it was a super speedy process, but you start thinking, you start rationalizing your answer. While we know that we as human beings are not very rational people. So you run the risk and we've proven that risk is uh, is real, right? We've proven data yeah. that the things that matter to me on a, a subconscious latent level are not the same things at that, as the ones I'm answering in my rational question. Which explains why you think you have found a drivers, you start improving, but you don't see the effect because you're improving the rational and could be the wrong drivers. Yeah. So even if you have um, super smart AI tools that analyze 20,000 open answers, just be aware you're still analyzing the rational answers. Yeah, exactly. And we've tested this one time where we said, okay, you have five, let's say five categories. And uh, let's say the, the number one from a latent level became the number four on the rational list. It's a big dif- difference, right? Exactly. It's yeah. not just a bit off, right? Your compass, it's then really seriously off. Yeah. Yeah. So when you find these right drivers, what can they give you? Well, I think the key, what they can give you is that, um, that you're translating this soft, vague thing called experience into hard, steerable information. 
So I think to me that was one of the reasons why I decided, okay, maybe I should do a PhD because PhD, pff, scientific boredom, right? <laughs> yes, you Here can it download is. it. <laughs> um, but I really felt in order to help, you know, boards to make this transformation, I need to figure out a way to make customer experience hard steerable. So in the end, uh, what we try to do is translate um, what matters most to customers using smart statistics to really say, okay, if I enhance this, my satisfaction, my MPS will increase uh, significantly and in a short time. And um, when you use those smart statistics, so if you're interested in statistics, I'll just let you know the three techniques that we're using, right? It's uh, factor analysis first, then it's regression analysis, and then reliability analysis. And just Google them if you're interested. Uh, we like to just work with our partner in crime. Uh, we've created this nice format that we just fill out and we get the raw output. Um, but the key, what it does is that it, uh, it groups the insights from the survey that we make to the right topics. So then you know, okay, topic X is five times more impactful than topic uh, Z or A or B. <laughs> and so in the essence, the, the, the drivers, the smart statistics do three things. One important thing is that we all have assumptions. We all have gut feelings. And we all think we know what our customers want because we are customers ourselves. And we start having a lengthy debate, right? You might say, no, it's all about speed. I might say, no, it's all about personal attention. But we don't know because it's our assumption. So the first thing that the smart statistics will tell you, this driver analysis, is something that's called explained variance. And explained variance is a percentage that you get as output of your regression analysis. And let's say in business terms, it's telling you, are we, uh, did we find the topics that matter most to our customers? Or uh, phrase otherwise, did we miss anything? Yeah. So this is validating the work that we do in the journey workshop and the survey. Did we cover all the topics that matter to them? So super crucial, no more assumptions, because now if you're still saying, hey, but it's all about speed, now you have proof, okay, Miranda, it's nice that you think it's about speed, but hey, the drivers are saying that to customers, speed is not that important or not important at all. So that sort of uh, prevents the transformation from slowing down because yeah. you have a lot of internal debates. So that's the first thing, knowing for sure that you found the right topics. And as an example, right, for example, a lot of uh, measurements, they, um, when you ask the MPS or when you ask the customer effort score, they add sort of a, a, a select list uh, with, with a predefined topics, uh, which means that you have no idea if the, these are the right topics, right? So that's one of the risks. Yeah. So that's the first one, knowing for sure you found the right topics. Then the second thing, okay, now I found those, I don't know, five, six topics. What's the impact? And so when research companies uh, use some statistics, because a lot of don't even do that, right? They, they use the, they count the number of um, root causes, for example. But if they use statistics, it's often correlation. Mm -hmm. And correlation is not the same as cause and effect. That's one thing. But also with correlation, the topics tend to be pretty closely together. Yeah. So with correlation, you never see, hey, this topic is five times more impactful than that one. It's between 0 0.4, 0 0.8, and you get this priority matrix often, yeah. right? With impact and satisfaction. So with regression analysis, with the topics, you see, okay, the topic, for example, a personal attention, is five times more impactful than 
your my account, which is not a very hypothetical example. But we often see that the human factor is much more important than the digital side. Yeah. And, and there you have your hyper-focus rights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I'm super busy. I have 1,000 things to do as an employee. But as long as I remember, let's say that this would be the outcome, as long as I remember in everything I'm doing, okay, personal attention is key, then I'm 24-7 focused on the thing that has the biggest impact yeah. on customers. Right? That's super helpful. So that's the second thing, right? It's giving you the impact. And then the third thing that you get out of driver analysis is, of course, your actual score. So how do customers value each of those statements? And what a lot of people also in those, in those uh, priority matrices, matrixes, <laughs> <laughs> um, often research companies say, you know, the things that have the biggest impact and the lowest score, uh, you should start improving those. But uh, what we tend to advise is that you would want to enhance the thing that has the biggest impact uh, but it's not yet on a maximum score. So let's say we're, measure, let's say we're measuring on a scale of one to five. Yeah. Completely disagree to completely agree. And your number one topic scores a 3.8. Not super low. Um, then a lot of um, research companies would say, okay, that's maybe already a, a positive, right? So you're not doing a bad job. It's high impact. So let's start with the next one. But we would say, no, but if the impact is three times higher than, for example, the my account, make sure you move that 3.8 to 4 point something, because that's your fastest way to go to an eight or nine plus. Yeah. So we tend to, if we, if we talk about focus, so our surveys are pretty long, right? 40, 50 statements, no exception. Uh, yes, we get enough response percentage. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, one of the FAQs we always get. Uh, but in the end, we bring that down to a top 10. And why top 10? That's not uh, per se a scientific reason, but that's a pragmatic reason. Indeed, we're super busy, focus. So ideally we tend to say, if you have some quick wins on the numbers five to 10, fine, mm -hmm. but try to focus on redesigning your journey completely from your number one driver. Yeah. And then every time so far we've seen across countries, uh, sectors and companies, every time within three months, that's also super fast. Yeah. We see an increase, not just uh, 0.1 or 0.2, but really from, I don't know, a 7 to an 8.1, from a 6.6 to 7.3. So seriously uh, increase in a short time. Yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just, I mean, with statistics, right? You can, uh, with the same data set, using statistics, you can explain that the conclusion is white. I can do the same analysis and say the conclusion is black. Yeah. <laughs> so statistics is super helpful, but still statistics. So the proof in the end is indeed that we see every time, literally the outcome is it increases in a short amount of time. So that validates, you know, what you're doing with the statistics. <laughs> and how do we get there? So how do we get this driver analysis? So what we tend to do, we always start with the journey. Yeah. And uh, when we talk about a journey, it's what we call a detailed journey. So let's say we have the journey of um, buying an insurance uh, I would say buying an insurance company, let's not do that, <laughs> buy, buy car insurance. <laughs> then the detailed journey, so, so buying that car insurance, that's, uh, that's one journey. And the detail of that journey is, okay, so I go to the website, I fill out the application form, I get a confirmation email, maybe somebody calls me, um, I get an offer until I pay my first premium. Mm -hmm. That's what we define as a journey. Yeah. 
So in that workshop, we make sure that all there's no customer in that workshop, by the way. That's also one of the questions we tend to get. Why? Because remember that we're talking about the difference between rational and subconscious needs. Mm -hmm. So the workshop we do with employees, but with employees that cover each, and we really mean each step in the journey. Yeah. So people from online, marketing, but also the back office finance, right? So really all the departments are present. And then as we tend to, we start asking stupid questions from the customer perspective. And uh, maybe a side note, but this is also really nice, right? To have all these people in one room and they can hear from each hear from each other what they are doing. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, are you doing this? I thought it was automatic. Yeah, no, that's me. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I think indeed that was one of the most beautiful examples that happened literally in a workshop. Yeah. Indeed, where one one of the participants saying, yeah, and then we send this uh, thing and the computer and. I think three uh, three people, persons next to them were saying, uh, yeah, well, that, that automation, that's me. <laughs> but indeed, the feedback we often get is because each company is very siloed, right? So you have the back office, you have finance, you have marketing. Yeah. And it's a challenge to talk cross, yeah. uh, cross department. So you need two things is, hey, it's nice to hear what the whole journey looks like. And need oh, but I thought this journey was very different from you know what we are uh, we've been taught or what's the daily reality as well. A lot exactly. of work around. Yeah. So the, the let's say seventy percent of the workshop is that just going through the steps and also often that we ask okay and that confirmation that I get when I fill out the form online, what does it say? Yeah. And a lot of people say uh, I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> the computer is sending something right. Yeah. Uh, and, and also in this uh, journey workshop, it's important to um, uh, look from outside in, right? So um, a lot of people uh, look from out their own jobs and uh, they're saying, well, I'm doing this and that and that. But what is the customer actually experiencing? Exactly. Yeah. And I think a super concrete example was it was a journey, I think, where we had a B2B uh, customer. So we got this whole description about the internal procedure of invoicing. Because often, you know, the internal process is super complex, but the good news from a customer perspective, it's super simple. <laughs> I received the invoice. I pay the invoice. Yes. Sessa, no matter how much steps you have internally. So yeah, that's super crucial. Yeah. And also one of the mantras, but, um, I think I'm going to stop after that one because we will make a separate podcast about journey mapping is always remember 80, 20, yeah. you get a huge list of exceptions. Yeah, no, but there's also a possibility that customer goes through XXX step. Okay, stop there. 80, yeah. 20. But to be continued. We, yeah, we do another podcast. Uh, on journey mapping. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one part, right? So we, we map the journey, meaning what steps do the customers go through. Yeah. And then at the end, we ask. So that's the existing current situation. And then the second part is, okay, what emotional experience do you want your customer to have across this journey? For example, it should feel personal. Uh, I want to feel I can trust you, right? Just a brain dump. Then those two components we use to build a survey, which as we said, indeed, is not the one question. It's a 30, 40 statements. Mm -hmm. And then we send that survey to customers who have recently experienced that journey. And recently is minimum one week ago. Maybe remember from the first uh, podcast that, um, you don't want to measure directly after a touch point because then you're missing part of the journey. Yeah. So minimum a week ago, but maximum four weeks ago. 
because if it's longer, I'm still sometimes shocked that I see that uh, research companies are asking, for example, when it comes to complaints. Did you have a complaint in the last 12 months? I don't know. Uh, probably, <laughs> but I have no idea what the details of my experience were. Yeah, exactly. And then you get a sort of super average seven point something because I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but then, so uh, we, we send it to customers who have experienced that journey. And as soon as we have 100 responses or more, that's when we get do the smart statistics. And we uh, no longer, because uh, I used to have to do that for my PhD myself, but hey, I don't really get super energized with running <laughs> statistics. Uh, so we've created this format and we just uh, outsource that now to a, to a research company. So in case your research company doesn't know factor regret, uh, analysis, regression analysis, they should, by the way. But if not, let us know and we can also you know, connect you to, to them and just uh, figure it out. No commercial uh, reasons whatsoever from our end. So we get the statistics back and then we capture the top 10. So the, the, the output that we're getting is not a, you know, 30, 40 slides of research. It's just three slides. Yeah. Make it really simple, right? Really simple, really concrete. One slide is, okay, what was the explained variance? Is that good or not? Yeah. The second is your top 10 drivers with the impact. What is good or not? Um, well, that differs depending on how scientific you are uh, <laughs> educated. <laughs> so let's say the professor where I did my PhD, uh, she would already be excited with 10% explained variance. Since my goal has never been the scientific part, but has been to you know, mobilize organizations. Yeah. So my goal was always to have 50% or more uh, with 40% being sort of the, the, the drop-off. Yeah. So if it's 40% or more, then yes, we've done uh, a good job and we're almost always between 50 and 70. If it's 30% or less, that means that we missed something. Uh, so then you can go back to the drawing board. So apparently in the workshop, we missed something that matters to customers. Yeah, should it put, uh, should put it in the survey. Exactly, should put it in the survey. And uh, we haven't had that actually happening. So, uh, so the, the journey mapping technique works really well. What we did have is a few times between 30 and 40%. And then we discovered that there was a, there was an error in making the selection. So we were sending the survey to, we thought customers who had experienced that journey, but they had experienced a different journey. Yeah. And so the whole, uh, I'm thinking that should maybe be also a different podcast <laughs> is, you know, selecting the data right out of your CRM. Yeah. That's always a Let huge. Let me write that down. <laughs> you talk, you talk about <laughs> And so then we have the top 10, we present the top 10, but just one free tip um, is that when you find the drivers, don't go and present the top 10 right away. Uh, what have we experienced? When we present the top 10 right away, everybody says, duh, nothing new, we already knew this. Yeah. Um, if that's the case, okay, then why have you been, you know, uh, working hard on the transactional stuff while, you know, the emotional human stuff is the number one? But okay, fair enough. <laughs> we learn from that. So now every time what we do before we present this, we do a Kahoot quiz where we ask, what do you think is a driver? Uh, what percentage do you already think your customers are giving an A plus? Which is partly just super fun and energizing. But more importantly, it confronts people with their own assumptions because on average, at least 50% of the questions, you know, they don't have the correct answer. Yeah. And what that does is that creates a truly open mind 
to understand, okay, let me listen to what these drivers are really telling us. Yeah. And I think that's, and that's sort of already towards our wrap up. But to me, this whole, you know, journey of doing the PhD with, with, which was, I'm happy that I've done it because of the effects, but just doing the PhD as such, it's pretty scientific boredom as I had expected. <laughs> <laughs> but the key, what really helped, and that was my goal is that with those statistics, you can now prove that this human factor treating people well, right? That was my tiny dream to change the world, to make sure that companies treat people well. Yeah customers and employees now we can prove with hard facts hey because nine out of ten times that human factor is the number one sometimes it's the speed of the process or the transactional stuff but most of the time it's the human aspect so now we've proven with hard steerable insights hey dear company if you treat your customers well that's your fastest way to a nine plus to a higher mps and thus to enhancing your financial results. And it's from US to Japan, right? No difference in uh, no, other in cultures. Yeah. No, exactly. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really, I think that to me also, that touched me uh, the most, I think, indeed, when we, when we were working with Randstad, we did this across 19 countries. And this human factor is so universal, which again, in hindsight, duh, right? Because we are all human. But uh, yeah, having the data prove that, hey, increasing this, you know, this, this personal touch, taking care of customers, that that's a number one. Yeah, I'm really, really super happy with those hard measurable insights. Nice. So that's a wrap up, right? I think so too. All right. We're really curious, um, hearing or seeing this podcast, what is your number one key insight and what are you going to uh, use today or tomorrow to improve? So let us know and see you next time. See you by the next podcast. Ciao. Ciao.